Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 25th episode of the No Podcast, the silver anniversary of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. We've got a news-heavy show tonight featuring Shinmu 3 release date, July MPD sales figures, Xbox is going to introduce an all-access subscription plan. I wonder what that's going to consist of. There's a shit ton of Gamescom announcements. And uh, Nintendo is dominating the top 10 media create Japanese sales spots. I'm Richard Bergman, and I'm joined by Cesar Concepcion. What is up? It's just the two of us again. I had a real cool duo picked out, but I didn't want to roll with it. I kind of pumped out at the last minute. <laughs> it's fun making rolls for four of us, but uh, I was just going to make us hollow notes. Oh, God. Which one would you be? Oats. <laughs> Why did you pick Oats? <laughs> I was like, ah, don't go with it. Maybe we could have let in some of their music or something. We've been playing games. Trying to, at least. Here and there. Yeah. yeah I know you wanted to say Shinmu Trace. I did and skipped over that for some reason. I'm not sure why. It's kind of tough uh, with just the two of us as far as getting warmed <laughs> up. And Usually when it's the full crew, we're talking shit and watching something and laughing at things. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there. We'll get in the groove of it. What you been up to, sir? Uh, game-wise or just in general? In, you know, let's, let's do anything. It's playing a lot of games. Playing a lot of games. There we War. go. Game-wise. Works in games. That's all we do. Mm-hmm. All right, so what have you been playing, sir? So, this week, uh, I'm continuing my uh, year tells. Tells update? Biannual tells update? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about finishing it this year. We're going to have two years of tells? Oh, <laughs> Lord willing. No, I'm sure something's going to slow down. Uh, free time in December, maybe. We still need to get that. Uh, you imported, what, six PS2 tells games? Mm-hmm. The complete... Tells games on PS2. That's all of them? Yes. How much all, was all that the mainline. Uh, $49. That ain't bad. Mm-hmm. So we need to get one of those and pop it into the uh, the PS2 with the free McBoot and see what it looks like. I think out of that whole mainline, I think we only got two of those on PS2. <laughs> all the six. What, Legendia and Abyss? Yeah. What was that? Uh, there was one in the picture. It was like a Rebirth. Which one is that? It's made from the 2D Tells of Destiny team. So, I mean, that one they remade Tales of Destiny, and then they made the sequel to Tales of Destiny, Tales of Destiny 2, the, the real tes, tes, Tales of Destiny 2. And then they made a new one called Tales of Rebirth. The real Tales of Destiny 2. Yeah. Not the fake Tales of Not Destiny Not the fake 2. American one. The, like, the only way Tales. people will buy this is if we put Destiny 2 at the end of it. Destiny they 2. They don't know what the fuck <laughs> Attorney is. <laughs> Destiny 2 DLC content? Yeah. Game of the Year edition? I got a uh, I got a Rockstar at Walmart today, a sugar-free Rockstar, which I frequently enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it was advertising Destiny stuff, so they have a big uh, marketing push with Rockstar, I guess. Wasn't it Red Bull last year or something like that? Was it? Yeah. I just think of the Red Bull cans in uh, PUBG, the very clearly Red Bull-inspired energy drinks. They had to win Didn't they change out. it? Yeah, yeah they, they, had, they changed it. <laughs> yeah, it was advertising the Forsaken expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think last last time they did was uh, Red Bull. Did you get Forsaken with that with that package that you bought for, or you still have to purchase that? I that shit is so confusing that. sometimes. Like when I bought uh, Ghost Recon a couple of months ago when Michael and I were playing. Well, we I think we had one session we played the Splinter Cell round. Uh-huh. I was like, do I buy the regular one? Do I buy the Gold Edition? What comes with Season One? You get Season One for free. If you pay for Season Two, you're only paying for it for like a week early. Then everybody else gets it for free. There's a 
the DLC and season pass stuff that rolls out. It's kind of confusing. There's always a chart when it comes to Ubisoft games on what you get and what version it is and what it contains. The same thing happened, right. with, uh, or the same thing's going to happen with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where they got the deluxe digital that you get certain things that you can't get in the regular deluxe edition that's physical, and then. There's certain ones that come out like three days early, and there's some that come out at regular time. It's so confusing. I have bought into the Friday release date before, though. I got Gears 4 on Friday. I think, that I think was, we played the shit out of that, that one. That year, Microsoft did everything on the Friday, because even yep. Forza was on Forza Friday. Forza was a Friday. Yeah. Pay an extra $20. You play can have the it whole for weekend. three days early. Yeah, yeah. That, was the whole, that was the whole point, was to play the whole weekend. Play the whole weekend. Dude, we were craving Gears so bad. We That's why we jumped. Mm-hmm. That was a good playthrough. Uh, Plus, a friend of the show, Joel, is playing through Gears 4 right now. Plus, I mean, you, you get to keep all those maps because remember, you're locked out of that rotation. The maps were free, but with the standard edition. They weren't in there? Uh, you can't keep them. Because remember, they switched them out every month. So the deluxe edition, you kept all the maps. So. Then you're just fragmenting your player base, though, right? Yeah, but they rotate it, and I guess you don't get a real say in what you choose, I guess, if you do, uh, unless you do like a private match or something like that. So and from there, you can choose what you want. I'm actually excited about Forza Horizon. I don't know if that's that's in the news or not, but they have that Halo experience built into it. Mm-hmm. You saw a deep dive onto the arcade game. You want to go try that out? Looks good. The was it Fireteam Raven or something? I think you got it right. It is Fireteam Raven. Fireteam Raven. Yeah. It just doesn't. That doesn't sound very Halo esque. I don't know. They were in a place and they helped out uh, Master Chief, according to that video. Fireteam Raven. Yeah. You're playing alongside uh, the Halo One. You know, as Master Chief's going through. That first Halo installation. Mm-hmm. That game looks good. Uh, I heard on another po- the official X or I guess IGN's Xbox podcast, but they mentioned it that it averages out because there's four players that can play the arcade game. You're sitting in front of two 65 inch TVs, two 65 inch 4K TVs, I believe. Mm-hmm. And right, uh, you got 4K everything, man. Come on. Yeah, that's true. And four people can play it, and you're holding this big like gun mounted turret type thing. They said it averages about twenty bucks a person to beat it, so. They'll get 80 bucks from us for, what, 45 minutes or so? That'd be a good experience. Take some pictures. Well, we just them. don't die. I don't think we're that good. <laughs> and, yeah, but... And it's an arcade game, so yeah. it's meant to it's meant to kill you and take your quarters. Fuck that. That's what happens. You think we're just going to stroll through it on one playthrough? Maybe. No death, Halo, Fireteam, Raven run. Permadeath, Halo. Fire it looks good, Raven. though. So you saw part of that Gamescom coverage? Yeah, where they went over the designing of the hardware and the software, and uh, it was pretty interesting. I think they said they uh, they had maybe about 30% of the game done before they went and got with the hardware team, and they decided, all right, so how are we going to make this game playable? Yeah. So it was interesting inside of Xbox. I think it should still be out there and available to watch if you want to get a deep dive into that. Do you want to go straight into news? Mix it up a little bit? You want, or you want to stick with our format? We kind of we kind of veered off there for a minute. Let's just stick with our format, and we'll we'll get <laughs> back to news because Gamescom is a is a bunch of cool announcements, and it mm-hmm. was a it was a big Xbox showing. There's Xbox bundles for everything. Yeah, because remember, Xbox does uh, Gamescom, and then uh, Sony tends to do Paris Games in October. So mm-hmm. and Tokyo Game Show. Tokyo Game Show is its own. Well, Tokyo Game Show hasn't been its own beast in a while, but it's its own thing. Yeah. I think what was the last announcement we got in Tokyo Game Show was... Was uh, it one of the Final Fantasy games? Dylan Neander's 2 remake that's finally coming out. Uh, demo for that just launched tonight. Orange Case? Yeah. That was a hard-to-find PS2 game for a long time. And then we got the HD remaster, so... 
I still haven't beat the second one. So were those good conversions, or were they not so great? I don't know. I can't remember, because I think it was the same Silent Hill people, wasn't it? I just remember Silent Hill was butt. Cause that's because they lost the sword code. Source code. Sword code. Sword code. The sword code for Silent Hill. Bam. Instant game name. Y'all can have it. Sword code? Sword code. Lost the sword code. <laughs> that might be our podcast title. If we don't get anything <laughs> lost in the sword. Lost the sword code. Lost sword code. Like almost like a Halo's lost the lead. Gained the lead. Tied the lead. Speaking of Halo, you want to stick with news? <laughs> We're already there. We can always come back to games, please. Not a big deal. Yeah. So what's the big Halo news from Gamescom? Well, the Master Chief Collections got their... Well, the biggest one. I want to say the the patch thing, but I'm not... I, don't, I can give two fucks about the Game Pass Game thing. Pass? But... For everybody else, this Master Chief Collection is coming to Game Pass September 1st. Yep. It's their big, big, big news. This is the one that everybody's been bag, uh, begging about. And so then, uh, by this time next week? Yep. And then that's when the patch goes live for the the new experience for Halo Master Chief, which me and you have played. And it's a lot better multiplayer it was, wise. It, it loaded faster. Mm-hmm. The menu screens were tighter. Mm-hmm. Everything looked better. It looks good in 4K too if you got a 1X and 4K TV. So this is from Polygon. Uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, the Xbox One package of the first four Halo games will join the Xbox Game Pass library on September 1st. It will also coincide with the release of a massive long-awaited update that will deliver a variety of fixes and new features to the game. First up on the list is visual upgrades for Xbox One X owners, including up to 4K resolution and HDR color. I need to see if mine runs in HDR. Is that um, the preview program we were in? Is that still live? Uh, I think so. Or are they just waiting on the patch? I think it's live. I don't they haven't it, kicked us out of it yet, yeah. or I haven't gotten an email saying you it should, ended. You should still be able to play the campaigns for I don't, multiplayer, I don't know. but uh, Here's another thing that will pertain to us since we do so many LAN parties. The September patch will, will be the result of all that effort with updates including faster load times, improved matchmaking, and support for offline LAN play. So previously it did support LAN, but all the Xboxes still had to be online. So we may be able to do a true next-gen Halo LAN party next go-around. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Do we have enough controllers? How many controllers do you have that you're willing to <laughs> I use have, in a LAN party? I have um, my OG Launch 1, and then my 1S, and then my Scorpio Edition, and then my Sea of Thieves 1, but I have that sealed still. Yeah, you don't want to break that out, because I, I think that's still climbing in value. It's like 200 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, got three. I've got two, because we didn't jump until they introduced the 3.5 millimeter controller. We didn't get the original one that you had to do the stereo adapter on. Yeah. So I've got two of those, and I got the white one that came with the S. So I have three. I think Russell has... Russell may just have one for his console. I'm sure Michael's got several. We might be able to put this together. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a... I've built up Xboxes and CRTs over the years, so it's going to be a BYO TV and BYO Xbox One at this point. We might be able to put it together, though. I mean, TVs are cheap enough. and Just drop $100, get a 13-inch. Yeah, sure. Here we go. Well, because we I'm were not, using... I'm not dragging a 50-inch TV over here, so... We were using that HDTV yeah. for Halo, and it doesn't do HDMI, so... Yeah. We're squat out on that one. One, two, three. We might have four here. We just do split screen. I don't know, but that's a pretty cool thing with uh, Master Chief Collection getting a big update. I think we've said it before, but that game came out, what, four or five years ago? Mm-hmm. And they're fine. They're, you know, they're dedicated to making sure it works and, and redeeming that that promise for Halo fans. Yeah, and they made it a point uh, to bring up during that uh, Inside Xbox that this is um, 
only the beginning. They're going to keep making improvements. This is a big one, but they're not no way done, nowhere near done with that game. So it's awesome. It's a good vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with game, it's in Game Pass. You're going to have a lot more players. So that's going to be a huge increase on player base. Right. And then in Game Pass, because I'm kicking around doing Game Pass as it is, and it won't benefit me with that game. But there's a couple more that that I want to try out. I still want to see what the State of Decay is about. And that would be a good. Yeah, that's a good way to try it out without actually purchasing it. So. Mm-hmm. And then you have your games of service things like uh, Sea of Thieves. So. Which we just bought hard copies of from mm-hmm. Gamefly. Or uh, zero key copies. Zero key copies? Yeah. How much How much data did you say was on the disc? 126 megs. <laughs> what is that? It's like one one text file. Yeah. Just, this is Sea of Thieves. The this official per- disc. This person owns this game. <laughs> Download the, the, the 32 gigs of it's it. It's just an executable <laughs> for, the, for the digital copy? Yes. Speaking of Xbox One and Game Pass, there's actually a big rumor of... Uh, was this further down in the news? This was not a Gamescom announcement, right? Well, I, I, it came out around Gamescom, but I think it, the rumors going around, it was only through Microsoft stores, and it was uh, right now a US exclusive. So. so, and I don't think it's even officially announced. This is coming from The Verge, and they've, they've backed it up with a couple sources. Uh, Microsoft's going to unveil an uh, Xbox all-access service that will bundle the company's Xbox One console with Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass for a monthly fee. Uh, There's also a 1S bundle for that, but the 1X bundle that comes with all that stuff would be $34 a month for 24 months. And you get to keep it at the end of it. Yeah. The Verge article goes on to mention that they did this with the Xbox 360. I don't remember that. They did it with 360 and the Kinect camera. Microsoft did do that. It's cool. um, I, I don't think it let, the program lasted that long, though. So, according to The Verge, that's you can get those at, uh, or you're going to be able to get them at Microsoft stores, which our closest one's about what, about an hour drive from here. It's um, it's a little it's bit Linux, of, a little bit of a poke, which is like way out of nowhere. Verge also reports there's a rumored new controller, follow up the Xbox Elite. So if you if you end up getting this Xbox One X and you pay for it for the twenty four months, it comes out to somebody did the math, eight hundred something dollars I think. Yeah. Which that's full price Xbox Gold. That's full price. Um. What am I trying to get at? Game, Game Pass. Pass. Yep. And the Xbox One X with no you know extra added anything. This, I think you save about five dollars over the course of the. If you add everything up, right? But I mean, some people just can't take that plunge. Right, thirty four ninety nine yeah. sounds great. Like I could pull that off. Some just, just look at Netflix, look at Hulu. People mm-hmm. love subscriptions. So. Mm-hmm. That's the way things are going. Mm-hmm. You think that's a good? This is a good pro consumer move. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I have some colleagues in my job that have gotten their Xboxes through QVC because you know that yeah. twenty two dollars a month. Yep, I have a coworker that did the same thing. Got a Call of Duty bundle. Yeah. He got a little bit of extra stuff like he didn't want. Like they always throw accessories yeah, or something yeah, there yeah. to increase the value. But it was still a good plan for him. Yeah, because I mean, you know, some people just they want a game, but you know, they can't just take that hit right up front. So I hope this turns out to be legit. I think it'd be super cool. I imagine I, it will. But um, I, I I don't think it would be announced during Gamescom. Seems a bit odd. Eight hundred forty dollars is what it comes out to. Yeah, yeah. It's a good deal, good value, especially mm-hmm. if you um. I mean, yeah, especially if you just want to, you don't, especially if you're going to be that person that is not going to buy games. So they just, they want a game, but they don't want to buy it. Because Xbox Game Pass is actually getting to be a legit service that 
you know, you could live off of that. It's 100 games mm-hmm. every month, and it's rotating games in and out. It's 100 games, and most people probably won't be able to. Right, you so. can't knock out all of, all of that all at once, and it's mm-hmm. it's varied stuff. They got all kind of different stuff on there. Game Pass. I know Russell's a big fan. He tried out that Toy Soldiers and been playing that for weeks, right? Just because it was sitting there in Game Pass. So hopefully that uh, there will be a, an official announcement between now and next podcast, and that'll get the ball rolling. I, I'm interested in that because I don't have the One X yet. There's so many bundles that they announced, and we'll go back to the Gamescom news for this one. Oh God, there's a fucking bundle for every <laughs> major release that's coming out. They announced day. eight yeah. bundles for four games. Yeah. So each one of these games is going to get a bundle for both the One S and the One X models. Where's that article? Do you remember those games? Uh, Forza, uh, Horizon 4, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And Battlefield. And Battlefield. Yep, those Cinco, are the four. The more, so, most important Battlefield of all time, the single edition. The single edition. So each one of those consoles is going to come with the game. And it wasn't any kind of special edition console. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't change anything on it or the controller or anything. But mm-hmm. it'll come with that console and the game. And it, I the, think it was the, the same MSRP as the console, For right? the cost of the console, yeah. yeah. that ain't bad. Most, for four um, of their biggest hitters for this fall. I think the only catch on those, uh, that they're digital only. I don't oh, think you get any a code them, with Yeah, it? I don't think any of them were physical. That makes sense. The Halo bundles we bought came with codes. Mm-hmm. And, and the Forza one's a good deal, too, because you get Ryzen 4 and you get 7. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. You both, yeah. For the car heads out there, I think you would if you were considering the Forza games. You weren't already in the you weren't already in the Xbox ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I think you have to go with the One X on that because of the boost that that Forza gets. Mm-hmm. And I think this new Forza Horizon is going to be sixty frames per second. So it is. That'll yep. definitely take advantage of the X. Four K. Yeah. Four K. Four K. Uh, speaking of Forza and Gamescom announcements, they they showed off that Halo experience. So there's going to be a like an unlockable mission or something in Forza mm-hmm. Horizon 4, and you're driving the Warthog, and there's Banshees coming after you, and you're trying to get off the Halo installation, which is how you and I ended the first Halo game we played. <laughs> the one that never beat. <laughs> the story yeah. mode. Well, Russell got his revenge, because when we played it, uh, I died at the end, and Russell couldn't revive me in time. He oh. had to run and cross the finish line. All I saw was an ending. I never actually beat it. <laughs> All right, so those are the Xbox One bundles. Um, we had a couple uh, game announcements. We got, was it two games coming out in March? Uh, Sekiro. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice got a release date. That's from Software's mm-hmm. uh, Dark Souls-looking ninja-style ninja game, would you say? Mm-hmm. Activision's publishing in that one. Yeah. Yep. And then um, Devil May Cry Devil May Cry 5 also. <laughs> Devil May Cry 5. Also coming March 2019. At least it's getting out of February. There's like five games coming in February. February's a bad month because you got Day's End. Um... Uh, crackdown. You think Days Gone is going to be a... Or Days In. Is yeah. it Days Gone? I know Days what you're gone. talking about. Yeah, my bad. Days Gone. You think it's going to be a big hit or anything? I mean, it's, it's relatively quiet. I don't... Um, we should... Probably we're going to see a big push during uh, PlayStation Experience in December. So Show off a lot more. Maybe in October also for Paris Games. People are shitting on that game. I think it's just the atmosphere because the gameplay looks great. I think it's just people maybe tired of the zombies, <sighs> the post-apocalyptic... Yeah, it's given that... And it's giving that feel of like state decay type stuff. So we're like, uh, it's zombie survival. There were a couple trailers like when it was last shown off. What was it? I guess it was E3 when it was mm-hmm. last. Was it at E3? It was uh, not the last E3, but the E3. One of the, the last, last groupings yeah. of trailers it was in. Mm-hmm. It was in the middle of The Last of Us Part Two, and some other grisly thing they were showing off. And it was just this. It didn't have the since it's the first game in the series. It didn't really have that. 
um, name recognition. Yeah. So it didn't really stand out amongst these other games. We know what we're getting from Last of Us 2. So then when you put this other, you know, post-apocalyptic zombie survival, it just it didn't seem like it stood out versus the anticipation that people have for Last of Us. Well, I mean, the, I think the biggest complaint we have is that Sony's known for their stories. It's, we don't relatively know what's going on in this game. We got a lot of gameplay. We got a lot of zombies. I mean, but there's no why or how or right. what's going on. So, I mean, uh, I guess that's why a lot of people are a little mixed on what's, what's going to happen in that game, you know? What exactly it is. Mm-hmm. So We've I, seen some impressive stuff. Which is, it's coming out right when four. Uh, when not four though. Uh, when um, Horizon came out. It's so in February. It's in it, there. They, it's they always seem to keep those dates going. So slotted into that. Mm-hmm. That's a good spot to hit unless you're coming out the week before Zelda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Horizon ran into, but Horizon did great on its own. I think it's one of their top selling uh, it had, franchises. It, yeah, it had legs. It sold mm-hmm. well right in the beginning. It had legs. It continued to sell well throughout the year. Kind of like. God of War is now. So. I bought the regular Horizon and the complete edition. Mm-hmm. So they got two sales from I think I bought, I bought digital and the complete edition. It was like $11 recently. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yep. Yeah. I think you got Frozen Wilds too. I did. Just unnecessarily just me buying the same game five times. Support. Yeah. That's why I have like eight copies of Metal Gear Solid Uno. <laughs> there was a new... I've got a bunch of copies of Metal Gear Solid 1 too. <laughs> uh, there was an extended gameplay clip of Resident Evil 2. Did you watch that or did you keep it spoiler free? Um... Because they're showing off the uh, over-shoulder camera thing. Yeah, it's, it's reminiscent of uh, Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I I watched like the first minute, and I'm like, I'm going to go in the fresh on this, so I didn't really go into details. Yeah. There's a character in that that's going through a transformation in there was didn't do that in the original Resident Evil 2, so they kind of tweaked it a little bit, and they did mention they're going to tweak the story a little bit more. Kind of a, a reimagining, bit. so people aren't playing right, the same thing. Right, so I'm like, after that, I was like, eh, fuck it, I'll wait. I mean, we only got, what, like four months? Right. I want to do a Resident Evil game for October, and listeners, y'all can chime in and help us pick this out. Well, that's a month and a half away. Because we were kicking this around in pre-production, like what Resident Evil game we'd want to play if we did a, if we did specifically a Resident Evil game for October. Because the only one I've beaten is four. And which I mean, ones did you say you went through? Uh, one, uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut, Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3 on the original PlayStation. And Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Dreamcast. I don't have those for Dreamcast. I have them for GameCube. I have them for it is GameCube the, also. Is the GameCube are the GameCube ones the Dreamcast versions or the I think those are all PlayStation just, uh, versions. I think GameCube ones are the Dreamcast ones. Dreamcast ones they actually uh converted those if I'm not mistaken. It's not as it's the almost like the better version of Blinkcast if it was on there. Right. Not quite thirty two bit, but definitely not hundred twenty eight bit. Right. Somewhere I, in that in between. I think I got Dino Crisis on there in Dreamcast also. I have Dino Crisis. For, I never played Dino Crisis. I beat the first one. I didn't beat the second one. And second one was a totally different game. I looked. At third the, one was totally different game. I looked at the case art for the third one, so I was like, oh, okay. Mm, pass. <laughs> Not my Dino yeah. Crisis. I'll put it right next to a game of Onimusha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you played Remake? Have you played the Resident Evil Remake? No. Um, that maybe... might be a good candidate. Since 2 is coming out next year, we can all play through the first one. Yeah. Yeah, because if you follow the story, you can do zero. You can do remake. Zero uh, a prequel, or is it? Can you play them out of order? Zero is like a prequel. It's not necessary. They kind of took what was already established in the first one and one of the characters from the first one and kind of fleshed it out in the back end. It's it went with mixed results. So it's like it's like that thing where you start you start doing prequels and you try to flesh out the story and mm-hmm. then you're kind of muddying up the original game a little bit. Right. So it's like eh, you kind of hurting the lore. I that. I think they did a pretty good job with Yakuza Zero with that, though. 
So because they did it far enough from the first one. So. That's an exception to the rule. Yeah, they did far enough where they can actually pop maybe two more games in that. Those prequels probably flushed out a little bit more. Fill in some story. Mm-hmm. More Gamescom news. Uh, Devil May Cry got the date. We already did that. Daisy is coming to Xbox One on August 29th. So that's in a couple days next yep. week. A lot of a lot of game preview stuff announced coming through. So. I really do like that. With PUBG being my most played game probably in the past 12 months, I'm a big fan of the early access type stuff. I haven't mind taking the lumps on on what demoing the game right. being a beta tester type thing even which, though i paid for a PUBG, which rolls into the next one that's good news for you is that uh pub announcement so it will leave early access on september 4th and it's getting actual retail release and all that and all your stats carry over you told yep. us that in the group chat that's very yep. exciting that was your biggest concern yeah uh <laughs> did you see the box art said uh console launch exclusive so yeah. it's definitely coming to uh at least playstation 4 it's couple well, it's coming to other stuff so mm-hmm I've tried the iOS one, and it's if they add the controller support, that might be my go-to one. But it's still the touchpad, and I just it's not. It's not that it's not fun. It just it's a totally different game. Like the last round, the first round mm-hmm. I played, I died really quick. The last round I played, I had like eight kills, and I, that's not a PUBG experience to me. I, that's way too many kills for a for battlegrounds. If you go that route, I think you have to do what there's that article on Polygon where somebody went on there and said they got the biggest phone they could to play Fortnite. The biggest phone they could? Which well, I, was, I was playing PUBG on the iPad. Like the Note 9? Just massive. Yeah, that way they can do the touch screens and still see what the fuck's going on. Right, I believe that. Right. I think that was an argument. So their thumbs don't get in the way? I'm assuming so. I haven't right. read the article. I don't want to do a bad quote from it, but uh, it seemed pretty interesting. I need to go through it and read it, but I'm assuming that's what it was about. So PUBG is going to launch with the Sandnock Sandnock map to right. celebrate. That's also from Polygon. It's That's the smaller one, I believe. Like yes, I've, yeah, it's Sanook. been on PC Sanook. for a while. Is it called Sanook? Sanook. Yeah, it's S A N H O K, but I think the H comes before the N. I think it's Sanok. Sanok. Uh. Listeners, send your corrections to nofodcast at gmail dot com. Give put, us a cor- correct pr- pronunciation. Put Russell in the title. Dear Russell, here's the name of the map. How are you doing today, Russell? <laughs> so it's a smaller map. That weapons are. Uh, it's like a. a it's better weapon mm-hmm. drops for that kind of shootout. Oh, there's also going to be a... I don't know if this is confirmed for Xbox, but there's going to be a practice mode. Did you see that? I've been wanting this forever. I could have sworn that they did say that's coming to Xbox. I know there was... Uh, you're going to be able to there. You're yeah. going to be able to practice parachuting. You can practice weapons. You can practice with the vehicles. So you don't have to suck anymore, guys, when yeah. you parachute in there. Well, we, we that's the first thing we mastered mm-hmm. was parachuting. Because we want to get the hell away from the people with the guns. We weren't confident enough with the guns. I still want to practice with different weapons and figure things out. So that'll officially go live September 4th. That'll be version 1.0. Also coming to Xbox Game Preview was Hunt Showdown. Did you look at much of this? Yeah, that was um, interesting. This looks really cool. Because that one is the one where you can do uh, bounties and you have to locate information of where the bounty is. And then you have an opposing team that can, after you get the bounty, can kill you and steal your bounty. It's what I call the, the Western version of Sea of Thieves. It's like two on two on two on two, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's like PvP and PvE. It's like mm-hmm. everything combined into one. Cause I'll me, give it a go. Me, I'll just wait till somebody does all the dirty work and then I just go try to kill them. That's what we do in PUBG. Yeah. We let some other people loot and then try to win one firefight and then go from there. Mm-hmm. So you think that's the same strategy will work? 
I'm 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 <laughs> guessing ninety percent of people was like, I'm not gonna do all that shit. Uh, you you kill the giant spider and I'll just kill your ass, you know? And then get out with the treasure right. or whatever the ultimate mission is, the the goal. I mean, unless there's a I imagine there have to be a hit and there's only so much of the bounty you get if you take it from somebody. So it has to do something to balance the gameplay a little bit, so Right. Did they say how much hunt showdown's gonna be? Because I like the way it looks. The, the whole premise of that sounds pretty cool to me. I don't remember if they said how much it was going to be and off the top of my head. I just know they did the announcement. It looked pretty good for a, a preview game. Polygon describes it as a combination of Evolve, Escape from Tarkov, and Tom Clancy's The Division. This should, really should be something Russell's interested in. Probably so. That seems like something that would be up his alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, next bit, there's a shit ton of Gamescom news. So we're just rolling through. Uh, this one surprised me, and I'm kind of excited for it. Saints Row the Third is coming to Nintendo Switch. I had a good time with this co-op back in the day, playing with a friend of mine named Kevin. We got the dildo bats. There was these long purple <laughs> dildo bats that you could beat people with, and we had a pretty good time with that. Did you play any Saints Row the Third? No, I think I own it, but uh, I haven't played any of them. Uh, and I see that it's uh, they they having all the DLC coming with it too as well. That's awesome. The first two were kind of GTA-esque, but this mm-hmm. is the first one that they just totally went into the bizarre, yeah, they went, yeah, crazy. Yeah, they, they owned... They owned the, there was, like, skydiving yeah. and shit. Aliens I had a, I had and a lot random of bullshit going this. on, yeah. If there's some cool co-op modes and stuff, I think Saints Row the Third is definitely worth it. Uh, Saints Row the Fourth is the newer one. Or did they just call it Saints Row Four? I think that was just four. And then they had the expansion but it was basically Hell to the Chief or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Gat Out of Hell. Gat Out of... Yeah, there yeah. you go. Because the Gat's in all the games. But it was more like an expansion to the third one anyways. It wasn't really its own thing. Like a real next-gen one. It was one of those transitional games. It right, right, in between. Right. Yeah. So, hey, more people are trying to cash in on the Switch craze. Bring us your ports. We will purchase them, apparently. Because I have been playing through Okami, and I'm going to speak on that later. Um, and then we got Shenmue 3, release date oh. announced. Who has? I didn't want to leave Saints Row yet. Who has that license? Is that a THQ Nordic? Because they used to. They used to be a THQ studio. It was. Um, Vol- Who announced that? It was Volition, right? But it's Deep Silver. Oh, Deep Silver is publishing this one. That's right. But Deep Silver is technically owned by the parent company of THQ. So they're still in that same. Yeah. Thing. They're just releasing all their old games. So that makes me. We talked about it last week, but the Time Splitters purchase of that IP that gives me hope. We're gonna get uh, the at least those Time Splitter games remastered. Oh yeah. God, Most definitely. I'm digging some. Th- I really want to play some time splitters right now. Just give it time. To split? Mm-hmm. Errors. <laughs> all right. So you were saying Shimu 3 has a release date. Yep. Uh, pretty much a whole fucking year in advance. But, yeah. It's like August of 2019. August of next year. Yep. So we backed this. In... Actually, it's, it's in two more days, it'll be one year away. Mm. I think it's, the 20, it's, it's August 26th or some shit like that. We backed this in May 2015. Is that when it was announced? Seems right. It was in June. Cause Four it years E3. later. It was June. Because mm-hmm. we backed it right there in the theater when they announced it at mm-hmm. the Sony press conference. That was a cool moment. That was a good year. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool announcements. None of those games came out. So you've been playing Shenmue 1 and 2, right? Or at least 1. You started 1. Yeah. I, okay. play, I actually started doing Shenmue 1. And it's, uh, it's like I thought it was going to be. It's just they took the original source code of the yeah. first one and just transferred it over. Touch on that. Um, Touch the, on that when we get the games played. But this will give us a year out. Will give us time to play two Shenmue yeah. games before the new one comes out. Yeah. Uh, next up is Storm Divers. That's Resogun's new developer, or the Resogun developers' new game. That's their take on the Battle Royale. Right. I didn't see anything on this yeah. game. 
Well, remember they there was concern because they were known for their arcade titles like uh, right. Rosso Gun and um, they're all like what, Machina and next what was it next, next Machina? Machina. I mean they all Matterfall was it Matterfall? I think it was the other one. Um, and I know they came out there. They weren't making a lot of revenue off this, and they were going to go more multiplayer based, and they got right. a lot of booze from everybody. But then they say when they launched Next Machina, they said uh, arcades not dead. Yeah, yeah. There was one point they said it wasn't, and then and now they said arcades are like, dead. Yeah, they got to do something else. And I understand. You know, you got to be viable for them to survive. You don't want them to keep making the same game and they disappear. So. Right. I would argue that Resogun was the best PS4 launch game. It was good. And as we fun. got it. We got it right there. At PlayStation Plus day one. It was good as The fun. voxels and all that and because picking I, people I, up. We got that. What was it? Contrast was the other one? It's also free. Was it Contrast? The one with the shadows? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I played a lot of that too. We were starving for anything. <laughs> that was a weird year. That was. Those we, transitional console transitions are definitely awkward. And then we got fucking 2017 with every damn game ever released in yep. America. So Everything console. got flooded. Yeah. Everything was great. We, Seems like we'll have. I don't think we'll have a 2017 next year, but we'll have a close one next year. So this year's been great. This year's been this year's a ton been of good stuff. Steady. It wasn't 2017 good, right? But I think next year is going to be pretty close because I mean you got Sekiro, which is mm-hmm. a new IP, and then Devil May Cry Five, which is like reinvention of the original IP. Resident Evil Two. Yep. Yep. It's a bunch of stuff people are looking forward to. We're not really a PC podcast. Do we want to touch on any of these graphics cards? Mm, we're not these people to make those comments. So no, we just don't we have should, that much knowledge. We'll probably on just it. be like a fucking uh, Ben Stein and just bore you to death. Their demos look really good when they showed off Tomb Raider and Battlefield. And they said it wasn't using the full utility of that card when they showed the Tomb Raider one. There's a lot of controversy on that. And right. Because the team said they had it for two weeks to cater to that card. Right. It was like that announcement kind of came out of nowhere. So. Because I thought it looked good with the RTX off. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, here it is on. And I was, I'm straining like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was watching a live stream and it's it like, wasn't mm, super... Should I just turn on my PS4 and just hop in Tomb Raider in there? So I have to deal with this bullshit. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with it. What else we got? All right, that's all the Gamescom yeah. stuff we have. Yeah, I mean, it was a... I mean, it was a good show. It was. It, it is what it is. So, I mean, we got some uh, new stuff. Most of it seems anything that was new was uh, announcements made by European companies. I mean, there was a big one was what, uh, Supermassive Games had that mm-hmm. uh, game that's coming on PS4 and Xbox. It looks like it's using, it's similar to what we got Until Dawn. looks a lot like Until yeah. Dawn. It's that horror style. Mm-hmm. Hey, but they're good at that. So yeah. mean, Until Dawn was a huge hit. I think the VR offshoot wasn't as successful. No. So they're, they're dipping back into their storytelling. A good deal on them. I feel bad that Sony kind of let them go. But... More people get to experience their games. I hopefully they got more funding. They can keep making more games. It's like I screamed when they announced Grandia One and Two. I'm like, fucking put it on everything. Oh, we didn't have that in the list. Yeah, I was super excited. I was like, they've only put it on the Switch. I'm like, I'll buy it. It's they, Switch only, for now. They said PC. I think Grandia One HD is coming to PC, and then the, um, they only announced for consoles for Switch. I was like, I put that on every console. I will buy it 85 times. So this is Grandia One and Two. Yep, HD. HD. Yep. Because so we got to remember one, that when you jump in there, these are not going to be the original sprites. Right. So. One was only on PlayStation One and Saturn in Japan, mm-hmm. and then two was on, two was on Dreamcast and PS2, right? Oh god, and that PS2 port was so fucking bad. It's bad. It's bad. The Dreamcast the one graphics is go actually to. look worse, and then um, the the load times are worse too. We noticed that on that uh, Sega Tennis game we played, mm-hmm. that Sega 2K2 Tennis was awful on PS2. It mm-hmm. just didn't. It depends who handled the ports. I mean, there's a whenever we eventually get to our GameCube discussion. Yeah. There was a big one on uh, Skies of Arcadia where um, 
that was coming on PS2 and PC also, and they canceled those versions because the porting in the PS2 was garbage from Dreamcast. They just couldn't get it looking right? Yeah, they just decided not to do it, and they just kept it as a GameCube game. So that's how it ended up being a GameCube exclusive. It wasn't something that Nintendo negotiated in the beginning. It was just something oh. that the way it turned out. It just so. lucked out for them, mm-hmm. and they needed more RPGs on that system. Yeah, because they didn't have shit. Damn, I wish it was on PS2. Maybe it wouldn't be so hard to find and valuable, and more people could have access to well, I'm, it. I'm hoping after I'm hoping Shimu One and Two HD does well that they they're like everybody's clamoring for Skies. Everybody, everybody in that fucking Twitter thread is like, all right, now do Skies. Bring <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skies of Arcade. Yeah, because that's the thing. Nobody's I happy. And they're like, fucking damn it, this <laughs> thing's a hundred dollars, and no matter what console it's on, I'm like, <laughs> I just want to play the game. I actually have it for Dreamcast and GameCube. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I actually beat it on Dreamcast. It's a great, great game. I just remember that Dreamcast. It seems like that was the loudest game I would play. The Dreamcast. Well, Shimu did it too, but God, you would hear it, that it, thing burn. It was out. a buggy game. I mean, there was a couple times it froze on the final battle for me on Dreamcast. So really, it irritated me a lot. Were you worried about your like your disc was messed up or something, or is it just that's just disc was clean. It was just it was just fucking known, free. a yeah. known issue. I don't know if it was a known issue. It just it was it was only the final battle it just pissed me off. I was like, I'm right at the end of the game. So Sega has a history. I don't know if it's anything. Panzer Dragoon Saga is huge, but like lost source code and stuff. Mm-hmm. Lost sword code. Sword code. Lost sword code. Do they have the source code for Skies of Arcadia? I think so, yeah. Uh, what's her I name? I wonder why we've never seen that again. What's her name? Ray. F- um, I'm slaughtering. It's like a, uh, Ray Fukumai. Um, I gotta look it up. Somebody send the correction. I'm not even gonna look it up. <laughs> I don't have the energy in me to get a, a correction. Sorry, guys. It's a late guys. recording. Yeah. As you can tell by the sound of my voice. Um, She's the one. She was a lead on the Skies of Arcadia, but she's the one actually uh, created uh, Fantasy Star One, Three, and Four. And then uh, there's a Dragon Dragon game. I, I don't. I don't remember the name. It is. It came out on PSP, and we got the third. We got the third one on DS. She also was the story writer on that one. She did the Skies of Arcadia. Speaking of Fantasy Star, have you seen any confirmation of the Sega Ages coming to US? Because I think Fantasy Star is getting ready to come out in Japan. It's coming. They said, well, they didn't say Fantasy Star was coming, but they said we are getting Sega Ages. So. I've seen screenshots of the Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star looks great. It looks amazing. They're well, adding all kinds of shit to it. Well, yeah, because the way it was meant to be played, you're supposed to draw out the map as you went through, mm-hmm. and then that's going to be done on the screen. So mm-hmm. That's yeah, such mean, a cool feature. Yeah. We're all about preservation, and you're going to talk about that with Shinmu, like how that got ported over and all, but that's such a cool thing. I hope we get more and more and more of that. I'll be buying everything that I can get a hold of. I should have been supporting some of these Neo Geo games as they came out. No, it's too many now. There's a shit ton. Yeah, it's impossible now. I need those just... They need to start putting those in a fucking collection. Well, now they announced the mini console. I'm going to get yeah. that thing. Oh, it yeah. got ESRB rated, I saw, but there's no release date or anything. Well, there's an international and there's an American one, so... The American one was coming later. I think the international one's already out. It is already yeah. out. And it's been good impressions of it, mm-hmm. so... We got that to look forward to. Uh, July MPD sales. This was bizarre. This was a cool read. Because I know you saw what the number one game is. Yeah, it was uh, Octopath. Octopath Traveler mm-hmm. is the top-selling piece of software, physical sale-wise, in the United States for the month of July. Physically. Physically. A 16-slash-32-bit style JRPG is the number one-selling game above Grand Theft Autos, Call of Duties... Mm-hmm. Destinies, Battlefields, FIFA's, Especially a, a GTA 5 that was knocking on that door. GTA 5 came in second, didn't it? <laughs> Wasn't it right behind there? Fucking GTA 5. It lives forever. I think, well, we got to yeah, remember... GTA 5 was second. I think they did that re-release in June, remember, that came with that online extra mm-hmm. shit in June. I think that's part of why it perked back up again. 
like a new. There was a lot of sales going on for twenty dollars, or also recently too. I think that's why so many Nintendo games were popped up on there too. So well, you're, well, I mean, yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. Go right in. Yeah. Yeah. Your top ten games are Octopath Traveler, mm-hmm. GTA Five, uh, Mario Kart Eight, mm-hmm. which has crazy long legs somehow. Uh, I mean, how many times? Somebody needs to own four copies in the home. It's Mario Kart. I think I have three copies. I have two on Wii U and one on. No, that Wii U one I didn't pay for. That was that extra Wii U. So you got, we, we got one digital, one physical, and then one Switch. One Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Physical. Everybody should own that game, and apparently mm-hmm. everybody's buying it. Number four was Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I'm sure that includes the uh, Xbox and Switch SKUs. Mm-hmm. I saw that it came in uh, like six weeks straight. It's the top selling game in UK. Did yeah. you see that? Mm-hmm. They love them some Crash over there. They do love them some Crash. You think we'll get a new Crash game? Yes. It's a done deal. Yeah. Long Especially after they didn't, they just create a new level that they mm-hmm. released, like an add-on type. As long thing. as they don't fuck up the spiral ones, like they're looking like they're doing. Because spiral got delayed. Yeah, and then that was a new story last week, wasn't it? Yeah, we went over it, that and the whole bullshit. The second, third game not being on disc. So. Yep, it's having weird. to download it. Number five, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. That game also has legs. I'm, I'm glad to see a Zelda game be selling. Yeah, like seems it like is. a lot of people bought Switch games for a reason this month, right? They dropped to, I think they were $45 at a bunch of retailers for about two yeah. weeks. Because that's when I got Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, number six is Mario. Number six is not Mario. Number six is Far Cry 5. Number seven is Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Eight is The Crew 2. That's kind of mm-hmm. surprising. Nine is Tom Clancy's uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. That still has legs. Yeah. And the number ten selling game in July is Mario Tennis Aces. And you you contributed to that I one. I did add to yeah. this. Yeah. That is my... I think that's my one com- but it, contribution. But it seems month. like there's a reason why there's so many fucking Switch titles in this month. One to ten. They were on sale. That was one of them. But what would be the other thing? What was the number one selling console that month? It was the number one selling console. Yeah. The Switch is back on top. Yep. I think it's been a while since they were at the top. Mm-hmm. Top selling uh, units in dollar and dollars. And mm-hmm. dollars, yeah. Outselling PS4s and, and they PS4 had, Pros. they actually had software growth that month, too. Yep. All this is on, I think, with VG247. VG247. Yep. Brought us this information. Shabana Arif is the author of the article. Hardware sales are up 19% year-on-year for July 2018 to $217 million. Uh, MPD attributes these gains to Xbox One, Switch, and plug-and-play devices like the NES Classic, which was the best-selling hardware last month. I remember mm-hmm. talking about that. So, that ain't too bad. Yeah, ain't Switch, too shabby. Switch keeps on keeping on. Uh, this is great news for Xbox, too. The Xbox One sales are up 60% year-to-date to last year. And they came in third. Mm-hmm. How many did they fucking sell last year? Like, ten? Imagine, yeah. <laughs> so, did you see the Media Create uh, Xbox One console sales last week? 51. Yeah, oh yeah. 51 systems. That's Japan, Across though. all of Japan. Yep. And they sold, like, I think it was 3,000 Vitas. 3,100 Vitas were yep. sold. <laughs> I gotta give me another Vita soon. Oof. Are they region free? Mm-hmm. So I can get a Japanese second model. My blue one's Japanese. Oh. Mm-hmm. You just set it up as a regular U.S. one? I just Like you're it, signing into your account? Like, hey, you talk to me in English, and bam. Okay, so yep. it's, we're still gonna be able to get Vitas for a while. Well... When did production end? There, Wait, there was a whole, there was a whole drama about this. We'll see. The, the the production in video Vita carts ends at the end of this year for all regions but Japan and Asia. Okay. Japan and Asia continues in 2019. There's no uh, end date yet for them. Okay. Um, I somebody got, just announced that they weren't doing a Vita port because of this reason, which was kind of bullshit. Oh, bloodstain. Yeah. Bloodstain. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we both backed that, right? Yeah. Like we didn't, our names we didn't, we didn't back it for 
for Vita, I think I backed the PS4 for mine, and you you end up doing the switch on yours. You I yours. think I signed up for Wii U to start with. We kickstarted it that long ago. Seems right because I think I may we, have done Wii U, or P- I might have done PS4 and changed it to Switch. I know you changed it to Switch. I changed it point. to Switch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 cite the reason was uh because of the the production carts being ceased in the the Americas and Europe and some functionality to the store it was going to be disabled next year, which I couldn't find any. Yeah, you looked that up and record then... of that because I was like, what the fuck? I was like, are they disabling this something from the store? You can't buy new games or something like that. Because I could have sworn in the news release they were like, hey, don't worry about it. We're we're going to stop making carts in 2018, but you can still buy games digitally. Any new games will come out digitally. Right. That's what they said. If anybody were to bring them out, because the fear was that it would be like the Wii Shop where they cut off adding points to it, so they effectively killed that. Yeah, which I don't. I gotta look into. Can you still get PSP games? The PSP store is still active on PC. It's on not PC. on. You can't. It's not active on the actual console. And maybe. then you just transfer using right. the PC. But I, I don't know if the actual store for purchasing is disabled. I have to I have to look into that. That's a good thing. They they didn't kill it off like Nintendo does, where they're like, oh, this is dead to us. Can't even re-download the games you own. I think you can lease on mm. the PSP store. I don't think you can. I hate di- that. I don't think you can buy the new any new games, but I think you can download what you purchased already. So. That's why we're collectors, man. That's why we have physical copies of everything. Yeah, I mean, there's some stipulations on there. So I went online to look up there and see what they were talking about. There was going to be some store um, aspects that was disabled or no longer available, but I couldn't find any record of that. So It's I'm disabled. Sure. <laughs> we can talk about the IT crowd all day. Uh, the last bit of MPD news was uh, WarioWare Gold, which you were raving about. Yeah. I think Michael enjoyed playing it, too. But it came in third in uh, 3DS sales. Did it make the top 20? It did not chart, yeah. It did not chart in the top 20. I think it was games. only two days into that month where it could have, but... Yeah, yeah, but a new release should have charted. I think there's a lot of people online that argue that they would have had that on Switch that would have charted, so... I can see that argument. Because uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is on here. It's number 14. Mm-hmm. And Treasure Tracker is the number six Switch game. Wow, there's a lot of Switch games up there. Yeah. You're yeah. right about that. And so, uh, why were people? Bu- was the system on sale too? Why were people buying all these things? Why all of a sudden we didn't have a major holiday? Is it kids being off school, like wanting something to play? I think it was. What just, was the major factor here? I just think people wanted it that time. I don't think there was any major releases in Autopath. I mean, unless there was a lot of people that were JRPG nuts waiting for that. But that's that game is so well reviewed, but it's so heavily contested online because there's a lot of people that love it. and There's some people that just say it's it's overhyped. And people fell off of it pretty yeah. quick. It seemed like. Because I think I think the biggest complaint is just the pacing that you you, you get. It's the same for all eight characters. Um, it's the same formula, but there's right. no overarching story type to connect them all. And I think that's what people were looking for. And the repetitive nature just kind of kills that momentum. Right. That that a, that a story could have maybe eclipsed. Right. And then, but some people enjoy that because you look at some people play Dark Souls, which yeah. it's built off of repetitive nature. Yeah. It's got a story if you play it and look at the lore and get deep into it. But I mean. You know, there's some things that people like, and but I think something old school. They were they were hoping that would be more of an old school like Super Nintendo RPG is what, what people want. But I think they got that feedback, and it feels like I feels like they would uh, address that in the next game. So now remember the you know when they came out with Bravely Default, people loved it. It mm-hmm. was a it was a fresh new take, and they liked Story the battle great. system. The game and all was hard that. as fuck. Difficult. Mm-hmm. I played the demo, and I never got it's the very, full version. It's very grindy. You have to. It's. So is Octopath. It's very grindy. You have to like really grind to progress in the story. Right. But they followed the, you know, we got Bravely second like a year or two later, it seems like. And it just kind of, it was on clearance at GameStop, I remember, super fast. Like, yeah. It's still on clearance. You can still find copies mm-hmm. in there for $24, $25, I think. 
So do you think they'll take that feedback and change the way Octopath plays? Oh, yeah. Look, how, look how well it sold in all regions. I mean, I don't right. know how it did in Euro, uh, Europe yet. Yeah, they were running. Amazon ran out here. Yeah. They were running out of copies in Japan. So, I, you know, I, th- I think they'll they'll take that formula and go something fresh with it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see something different. I think they'll they'll look at, listen to what people want. And I think what they got to do is just get somebody in there that can write a good story. Mm-hmm. And then this, they already have the gameplay down. They already have the battle system down. They already have the aesthetic down. You know, just apply something that's a good story. All right, I'm well gonna paced. Pitch, I'm gonna pitch you this with all of, with the way games are going now, with games as a service, with patches being readily available. Mm-hmm. Do you think that story or that like 2.0 version could be patched into this game? If you they think they would add that? I don't see why not. I mean, you have Xenoblade, which has um, additional DLC yeah. coming out with the different story and all that. I mean, it just, I don't. Think they ever came out and said they were coming out with DLC for it? So it just all depends on what they got going on behind the doors. So, did you beat Xenoblade? No, I fell off of it. I was heavy into it for a minute. It's a hard ass game. They patched it enough now where you can kind of customize it to the game so you can make it challengeable for you and still go through and enjoy the story. Yeah. But there's just certain aspects of the game that you just get decimated. You're like, yeah, fuck it. I was playing on easy mm-hmm. and the map, the map kept killing me for bullshit reasons. Oh like, yeah, well, cause I couldn't tell where to go because mm-hmm. the map has this bullshit compass Little, and yep. leveling thing. And it's and like because there's different levels of that map, so you're like, oh, am I supposed to go over here? Like, oh, it's going up, and then yeah. am I supposed to go up? That this happened to me a couple times too, where I had to fucking just go on like uh, game FAQs and like, it doesn't t- my clearly, path. doesn't clearly tell you, but you need to go around this thing. And I'm yep. like. I went on YouTube one time mm-hmm. to watch physically where the guy went. Where that he, seems like something I did. The guy or girl, yeah. where they like walked the character to so I could figure it out. And I kept drawing, like aggroing. I'm level 10 or whatever. I'm aggroing these level 41 and 51 80 anim- animals. Yeah, these 80 legendaries yeah. that hit you once. They just dead. run over and smack you, and then you have to start fucking yeah. all the way Because you can't over. run away. They just hit you once, and you're dead. And they always go for your main character. <laughs> Rex. That part was aggravating. I want to get back on that. That was a good ass game. It's a great game. It's just there's a lot of um, you just gotta be patient with it. And I think you know it has to be something you have to sit down with. I didn't have the time for it mm-hmm. at the time, and now I'm into Okami and Final Fantasy X, so I'm committed to sticking to these. Mm-hmm. I've fallen off a lot of games over this podcast. I'm sticking with these two. Uh, the last bit of sales news we have, and the last bit of news we have is a uh, Japanese uh, sales charts for last week. I think you added this story in. And this story is coming from, well, Media Create is the one who compiles the sales figures. Uh, Jamatsu, Gematsu? Uh, Gematsu. Gematsu it, yeah. posted it. And this is Nintendo Life's story, uh, written by Ryan Craddock. And uh, do you want to share this story? Yeah, so essentially all, they made a note um, that I think there's 20 spots on this Media Crates, and I think all of them. Software, right? Software, yeah. yeah. There's 20 spots on here, and all of them were Nintendo uh, software except for three of them. <laughs> All but three. Yep. Were either on Switch or 3DS. There's what, four 3DS games on there? Three of them? Yeah, because I think that's the top four was uh, Nintendo Switch, and you had a 3DS, and the rest were Switch. There's WarioWare. WarioWare came in at number four. Number five. five. They actually sold 70,000 over there. It seemed like it did. That's not bad at okay all. numbers over there, yeah. So your top five in Japan were Minecraft for Switch, which mm-hmm. I just got because it dropped to 20 bucks here. So I'm going to try it. I've never done anything with Minecraft. I'm going to try that out. Number two was Splatoon 2. That continues to sell. Mm-hmm. There are two and a half million copies of that. Wow. Uh, number three is Taiko no Tatsujin. Tatsujin, yeah. You contributed to this, correct? Yeah, I have it with me. Are you one of those 21,109 from last week? For Southeast Asia, not Japan, though. Oh, you got it from Southeast Asia? Yeah, because uh, English patch was not Japan. from Southeast Asia only. Only? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which has sold 1.7 million copies. And number five is WarioWare Gold, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. What are your million sellers? Splatoon 2 at 2.5. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 1.08. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon at 1.7. Mario Odyssey at 1.8. They got a lot of million sellers on Switch. Okami HD is at 18,000 copies. That seems kind of low. I was one of those. You were one of those. Yep. Michael got one too. Mm-hmm. We're three of those. Wait, well, that was only the limited edition, right? They don't mm -hmm. have the standard edition charted on there. There's the Xbox One, 51. 51 consoles sold. 45 Xbox One Xs compared to 54,600 Switches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the Vita at 3,000. PS4 did it. Yeah, PS4 did solid. You have the PS4 and the PS4 Pro, so you're kind of splitting on there anyways. Switch is just, you know, it's its own animal. And the 3DS family was 8, 5, 15,000 mm -hmm. units amongst the 3DS, 2DS. But Japan's been a handheld uh, country for a while, right? Yeah, they, they, they typically moved away from consoles. So. Yeah. That's why your Dragon Quest Nine popped up on Portable and... Uh, they got that version of 11 that was on 3DS mm -hmm. that I hope we end up getting with the cool art style. All right, so that's all the news we got. Do we want to go into games played now that we're warmed up? Yeah. You've covered your year me, of tales. you covered your year of tales. Are you still playing WarioWare? I finished so, it. So you beat WarioWare, mm -hmm. and then you played some stuff after that. There's content after the game? Um, yeah, it's, it's mostly just... Uh... Kind of like a different modes you can play mm -hmm. with a different time limits. Survive like I think it's like four lives, and they just keep throwing mini games at you. And some mix them up modes, which when you when you did Mario at the end, there's some parts on there where the screen kind of shakes and you don't know what you get. They'll show up there like this is either a touch game, one button game, or a, so you won't know how to interact one. with it. And then it, it just like and then you'll get struck by lightning. They'll tell you what it is as soon as it starts, <laughs> so you got to figure it out. So I mean, this they, series sounds so cool. Yeah. I just bought the Wii U one after uh, Michael was raving about it a couple yeah, yeah. weeks ago. I want to try that out. Game of he, He's talking about switching the. You have to flip the gamepad around to, to like not get caught by the teacher or something. Yep. It just sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds wacky as hell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar. It's like the their greatest hits of all the ones they've done already in the gold edition. It's pretty good. Um, outside of thirty nine ninety nine, if you're not a unless you're a huge WarioWare fan, I mean. $20 probably. Does it seem like a candidate to drop to you or at least be a good Black Friday sale? Because I don't want to miss out on it. I think it will drop to 29 Mm-hmm. I just, if you wait till it's $20. It won't 20 be like a mad clearance. If you wait till it's $20, you might miss out. Yeah. Because I, I really don't think they uh, probably made that many copies out there. I mean, a lot of these people get pe uh, people shit about the um, not putting these games on Switch, but I think a lot of these games were already in production 3DS before the or right when the Switch was announced or when yeah. it was coming out. So that's why they're coming out this they, way. They've been telling us it was going to get support, and yeah. oh, we got a date for Luigi's Mansion. We didn't mention that. Is it October thirteenth or something. Yes, it is. Yeah, twelve or something. We might have like. to make that October's game. I think you, halfway you, through the month. I think you threw that out there. It doesn't take long to do it. Go through it unless it, they you and I beat it. Shit. You and I beat it in one sitting years mm -hmm. ago. That was a fun playthrough. Mm -hmm. Luigi's Mansion. All right, what else have you been playing, sir? Shinmu. We started to get your impressions earlier, but I was I was like, let's push it back to games played. We don't mm -hmm. have a lot in that category. Yeah, it was a light week for me. I mean, I think most of my time was on that Tales of Heart. So, uh, Shinmu, it, it's what it it is. What it is, it's uh, the Dreamcast version of Shinmu on um, modern consoles. The games so, you know and love. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, four by three uh, border that make it sixteen by nine. Um, How does it look in sixteen by nine? Because that's always one of my. You know, I have the four oh, by three CRT in there. I'm so weird I, about it's, aspect it's, ratio. I think it's four by three the whole time. You just get bordering for sixteen by nine. I don't remember the screen actually going to sixteen by nine. Oh, okay. I think that was a lot of arguments on there because I was looking on the on some forums where they were. I think one might have been reset error where they said you can toggle the resolution a little bit better on the PC, but you couldn't do it on the Pro or the One X. Right, because yeah. there's no enhancements for the the mid generation right, yeah. console refreshes. And you're like, what the? You're fuck? getting the same experience yeah. on a stock Xbox One and a stock PS4. And it looks fine. It looks like a it looks like a upscale Dreamcast game where it cleans it out well. Uh, it does take a um, some time to get used to the sound because the sound does. It sounds like it was recorded in 1999. It's right. not really clean. I've heard first. some of those character cl- clips, and mm-hmm. it, it literally sounds like a sound bite. Which I. To me, kind of adds to the aesthetic because the game does take place in the '80s and it kind of feels like a throwback, and I'm I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. I'm and it's true. It. It's true to the game. Yeah. This is a like voice a mind voice acting is always great, and that's why I'm fine with it. Even though there's some awkwardness in translation, but yeah. I think a lot of that's because they didn't um, they didn't touch the the translation here. It seemed to be more of a straightforward. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there where working designs was really big on it, where they would go through and they would take a pop culture references and, and scattered throughout the Japanese script. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that they will make references to like the, that, that you would know in America. Well, we would know because we were, we were here uh, like 12, 13 when Clinton was president. Right. That they made jokes about in that game. We were like, ah, but there's stuff now people are like, well, what the fuck? What you is know? this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that we wouldn't get, but they, you know, work designs was really good about taking that kind of stuff and, Translations and, and localization yeah. is super fascinating. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's cultural things that that are wherever the games are being produced that that, that don't apply to us. So it's funny that something is is cross generation mm-hmm. like this in our same language, and it may not, it still may not hit the same way. And there's and there, you know different studios do different things. Like I, like I said, when the working designs did it for Lunar, they mm-hmm. they went over the top and they went more to American references for the pop, uh, pop culture. When the Exceeds had the same game, they stick more true to the Japanese and they kind of still sprinkled in some American stuff but lightly. Right. It wasn't as as deep and it was more truer to the script. So it's like playing two different games even though it was the same game. So Less freedom on the localization and mm-hmm. translation. And which I, we mentioned the Grandia games coming out. Uh, somebody, because uh, Gung Ho owns Game Arts who made the Grandia games and Lunar games. Somebody threw that out there and they said, now bring the Lunar games. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll take note. So, oh, they did respond to it. Yeah, they said that's not it's not in our plans, but we'll know that there people have interest. They're on iOS. I looked them up last podcast. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So, I can't see it being outside the realm of possibility. I, I would imagine they would follow the same format. Uh, format they did would probably port into the PC first, and then take those PC ones and port it to a uh, set console. So, I'm interested to see, like you noted about Shinmu, you know, what are those sales going to look like? Is is this going to be something that that companies can point point to and say? Hey, we need more of this stuff. We need I, more of this preservation and make these older games. Shinmu's not super hard to find. It's not super expensive. Mm-hmm. You can get a Dreamcast and Shinmu probably for what sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah, price of a new game. Yeah. Right, but it's the it's the fact of having it playable on modern systems. Right, you know we all have HD TVs hooked up. We all have most of us have the the newest generation consoles. It's keeping that experience playable as technology changes and what you have hooked up changes. And just keeping that core experience there, so hopefully that that door is open for like Skies of Arcadia, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, that's stuck on GameCube. Yeah, that's the last console it came out with. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of games out there that um, 
that people were clamoring for, and now's the time to re-release those. I mean, the next ten or fifteen years are just gonna be forgotten. So, do you see Shinmu charting? Came out. I I came out towards the end of August, but I see it just because of the fact that there's a lot of people who are gonna get it for nostalgia factor, and there's mm-hmm. also gonna be a lot of people who are trying to figure out what the fuck the big deal is about this game. And then <laughs> that reset era thread's funny, like right. people playing it for the first time, <laughs> right? Because you know, somebody put it out there. It's like, what's your impressions that mm-hmm. people have never played this before? Yeah, like, and, what do you think? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that seem to like it. And there's some people that, you know, it's not their cup of tea, right? And it is it is a relic of sorts, mm-hmm. but I think it's super important that. That this stuff is available and it's out on store shelves for people to to experience all over again, yeah. or for the first time. And I, and I don't think a remaster would have been the right way to go. I think mm-hmm. uh, if it was going to be done, I think uh, Yu Suzuki probably do the remaster, and it probably be done in that engine that he did Shimu Three in. And twenty uh, years from now, right? And I think he would do it after he's he's finished telling that story he wants to tell. So the game was just so ahead of. I remember the first time I saw it at a friend's house, and I was just I was blown away. It looked great on Saturn when they had it on Saturn. Oh, so. man, that yeah. clip they released mm-hmm. of that. Oh, if there was a playable build or at least a, you know, that build running where you can fly the camera through, just anything that we could rip, an ISO we could rip and experience would be just super cool. Yep. And the 3D the 3D on the Saturn was notoriously hard to pull off because mm-hmm. he used quadrilaterals instead of uh, triangles like the PlayStation did. So it wasn't as easy to draw these polygons. Right. Yeah, but the, the Saturn one seemed to age better, though. So it seems like it. Yeah, it really does. It was the harder one, but it, was, it aged better. Yeah, there's just some weird idiosyncrasies with the the way it displayed and stuff. Like Castlevania has that extra pixel every yeah. fifth line over or something, which slightly stretches the image. But uh, man, we could do a we could do a good 32 bit conversation one day. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot of fun. Cover Sega's five different 32 bit consoles. Sega. <laughs> All right, so you also have Dead Cells on your list. I've been hearing a lot about this. We did not cover the plagiarism story around Dead Cells, and I think and that's kind of yeah. I think that's kind of going away. Other outlets have covered that. If y'all want to look up that IGN yeah. Dead yeah. Cells review story, but how do you like Dead Cells? And it's, give us give us your thoughts on it in your own words. It's pretty good. I ended up picking up the physical copy. Finally came in uh, Wednesday. Uh, popped it in there. It's um, is that a retailer exclusive? Because I haven't seen it anywhere. I got it off Best Buy. I don't okay, know. I think you can get it off of Amazon. It was just, uh, it just came out I think a week or two after it came out digitally. That's right. I was um, wondering why people were talking about it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I looked at the release date, it was like, is this our early review embargo came up or something? It's certain, certain outlets had our early embargoes too on that. So, but um, it's Metrovania, and it's also seems to be procedural because there was a point where you are like you're like this blob. I haven't gotten the details in the story, so please mm-hmm. don't correct me, or you can send the corrections to Russell. So you're, to, to who you're they still made. early on. Right. So uh, I don't know the full lore. You, you come through and you, you take over this dead body and you run into this knight and she kind of explains the situation that you can't really die and you're not sure what that means. And then you get a... You already have a, a melee weapon with you. Then you get uh, tossed in front of you. There's a choice. You can do either a bow and arrow or you can do a uh, shield okay. to kind of change up your gameplay. You can be more defense or more the offense. So I think I did the bow and arrow one, and I went through my first uh, area, which is very much like a Metrovania game, where you have the map, and it kind of fills up as you find the rooms. Um, and then you can go to different parts of the map, which it explores and, and enhances and, and grows and grows. Um, I think in my playthrough that uh, there's blueprints lying around. I think the one I had when I first started, they wanted me to buy money to get the blueprints to get open the doors. I said, fuck it. I busted the door open. <laughs> I got the blueprints. Like, All right, for that. You got to kill ten enemies, or you get one hit kills, and I was like, "Fuck!" Oh, so, so they charged you for doing mm-hmm. it eventually, right? So I went through. I think I killed like 
six of them, and then one of them just threw a fireball and no. killed me instantly. Yeah. So I, I chanced it. I lost. But then I noticed when I died and I came back that the dungeon wasn't the same. So it's it oh, that's cool. It's procedural, so it doesn't. It's not the same. Every you have time. that with you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that before mm-hmm. you go. I want sure. to check that out. There's been so much people are loving this game, like Game of the Year contender and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I know it was in early access for a long time. It's 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 good. I mean, the gameplay's solid. I mean, so it's procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Is it like Hollow Knight and Shovel Knight and all the other knights, Knights of the Round, where you have to get back to your body to get your stuff back? How does it? How does no? That, once you die, is that process you start? You, you drop down the little the shaft. You start like the, you begin the game the first time, and you get into your body and. And the, the night grease, you're like, oh, you're back. And you have to choose between your weapons and go through it again. You lose everything. You don't get it back. So it's like Toe Jam and Earl. It's like, yep. It's like they took that <laughs> map and you died in and all your shit's there. And they just threw that map away. All your shit's it doesn't gone. even exist. Yeah. Yep. And you pick two new weapons again? Yep. It's the same choice. Uh, bow and arrow or a shield. So Does that ever expand? Yeah. You can find different weapons. You can get blueprints. Oh, that's weapons. what the blueprints are mm-hmm. for. And then you'll be able to select new ones. Um, or you can get different weapons from different locations depending on where you go as so you explore further. So um, it does come up with these little, um, there, there's no save rooms like Metroid game. Mm-hmm. There's not a save room or, uh, or a Castlevania game. There's like these little uh, teleporters. The coffin going around. Oh, God, no, it's not even that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like these little teleporters, and then you can, uh, when you get one, it'll kind of glow. But then from that point, you can teleport to different locations on the map without having to just run through like okay. you used to. So. And those other ones so that's kind of like your your save points is mm-hmm. that it, it keeps you from having to encounter so many enemies through the as you're trying to get somewhere right and there, if there's something you left behind because you didn't have enough money to get access to an item or a door or you can go you back did, and you grab didn't it. have what you needed to get to one one area you can just teleport where you needed to go to so sounds like a hell of a game yeah and that's probably is it good it's pretty damn good yeah I, and what I described probably was like the first I only played about an hour into it that was about an hour so it's very easy to get lost throw something on TV display it. I didn't think I would like this roguelike thing. This it, it never sounded like my kind of genre. Mm-hmm. But when the Switch launched, and I got Binding of Isaac, that came out mm-hmm. near launch. Man, I was hooked on that game for weeks, mm-hmm. just doing different runs. And you never know. Like I don't think I ever picked up the same power up or anything twice. Like I didn't know what I was gonna get. Some of the things would hurt you. Some of the things would help you. Some of the things were limited time use. And I beat it like on maybe my third or fourth run. Yeah, you can beat Binding of Isaac, but then it's the it's going back into seeing what the next thing's going to throw at you. Yeah, same thing we experienced with Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah, where it's procedurally generated, and we don't know what you know. We're going to have a desert. We're going to have a dentist coming after you. The lady with the shopping cart, but you don't know what equipment you might have during that run, or what or, level you might be on, or, or if you get a ship piece. Yep, don't get a ship. Have like to a go ship find a ship like piece. Five levels. God, yeah. now I want to play Toe Jam and Earl. When is that game coming out? I want that new one so bad. They um they said that they're not getting published by Adult Swim games anymore. I heard so that. So, it's supposed to be this year. I think they, they severed that deal because they, Adult Swim games couldn't do it this year. They wanted to push it back to next year. And they both agreed that they wouldn't Just do mutual. well for the game. Yeah, they mutually agreed like, hey, you know, this we want to get this game out as soon as possible. So, they, they said sometime this year. It seems like a Devolver pickup to me. It seems like a perfect Devolver digital game. To help them publish. Or do you think they'll self-publish? Uh, they didn't say. You know, if they did it right, it'd be Sega. Yeah, they should Sega pick it up. And yeah. the sh- you know where the ship goes up over the Sega logo? Mm-hmm. Have you played Toe Jam and Earl on the, on the Sega Genesis collection? Yeah. Did you try it out? Yeah. How'd it play? Yeah, it's all right. Did you try the VR? Yes. How did that look? Um, It's just you in the room. Just you looking at a TV? Looking at a TV, putting Genesis kind of thing. Uh, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. But again, it's games that you can play now that aren't stuck on a 32-bit or a 16-bit system 
hooked up to a CRT, so. That people don't put out bullshit versions of uh, minis of. So. Oh, God, that thing sucked ass. Why can't we get a good Genesis, micro Genesis Well, remember, they, they announced that coming from Sega, so we just got to give it time. Make Sega great again. Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. All right, is that all on your list? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, outside of that, I think what was uh, Tales of Hearts. I probably put another four. I actually sat down. That was the Vita one. I put fourteen hours into it. Um, it's got gr- it's the pacing is kind of slow mm-hmm. until maybe about the five hour mark. It seems like all Tales games are like that, except for Symphonia. Uh, there's a handful that doesn't have those pacing issues. I think that's why I've never gotten too far into a Tales game. They they have that that damn JRPG trolls where they're great, but there's this it, to get it started. It's a lot of it's you have to invest in it because it's yeah. you're sitting there like, because oh. I was the same way too. I'm going through. I'm like, oh, these characters are weird, and then they they grow on you and they have their own personalities and you see character development, and character growth, and you know they interact with each other well and there's and there's stuff that's going on. I mean. It's fine. I mean, the main... I like I like the characters, and it's, it's pretty good. I mean, the main story is kind of basic. It's kind of like the retelling of uh, Sleeping Beauty. Um, it's like their version of it. Where that's like, kind of a timeless tale, though. Yeah. You know, that, that's... But it has, like, multiple moons, and there's a emerald hair girl, and it's not my version of Sleeping Beauty I've ever heard of. That's what they called it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it deals with all that. It, it, it does pretty well. The battle system's good. I mean, it's, I finally got it fully unlocked where you can kind of just uh, zoom in. You can do what they call a, like a, a crash on the character and you can do these uh, big combos on it. It's interesting. It's fun. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable for a handheld RPG. I can tell you that much. It's console based on R- on the handheld console. It's like it meets enough to keep it handheld but it meets enough to make it like a console RPG. I think I got... So like it's a, like perfect a, tales on the go. Mm-hmm. I got 21 hours into it and I'm only halfway through the game. So. Man, it's long too. Yeah. You said the value on it was going up pretty good. About 29 use. Because yeah. it was a GameStop exclusive. Yep. You can still get it in but GameStop. But the digital is like 5 or $6. It, not anymore, yeah. But it was. On, when it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's pretty much it for me this week. I played some more uh, PS2 games. <laughs> but not on PS2. I texted you this the other night because I was alternating between... I don't know why I did this, but it seems like when I got to a good stopping point on one, I'd put it down and, and pick up the other, and then I'd pick up the other one, and mm-hmm. I was just having a good time with it. But I was flipping between Okami HD and uh, Final Fantasy X. Um, this is my first Okami experience. I have it on PS2 and Wii and played very little of it. Like you didn't download it... the PS3 one? Nope. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I own it. I know I owned it. And I got the PS4 one. I think I own like eight I did copies not get it on PS4 or Xbox mm-hmm. One. Uh, I was tempted because it was only 20 bucks. So I've If been they drop low, you should jump. Those uh, are great 4K games. The Okami game? The native or 4K. The... Mm-hmm. Is it on PS4 Pro also? Because I would like to see the art style in 4K. I yeah, don't know if I could go back to the Switch one after that. They um they just took, I think what was it the PS3 one where they um implemented the 4K one or for yep. the Wii one or something like that. It rendered. It was the PS3 when it rendered in 4K, but it they, didn't. They port yeah they ported it over. It's the 4K version on Pro awesome. and on One X I think. So twenty dollars is a good deal. This is my first Okami experience. Mm-hmm. Y'all talked me into ordering it the physical copy from mm-hmm. Amazon Japan. Physically got here in like three days. Oh god, super fast! I usually get mine like the next day. It's crazy. Like, it was only uh, I think the weekend was why. That's mine the weekend killed yours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, god bless DHL, man. Yeah, that was DHL. Yeah. She, I had to sign for it and everything. They don't play every time I get something from Amazon Japan. It has to be signed for unless yep. you go into the app and tell them like, nope, leave it my front and door. Tell them signature yeah. confirmation. Uh, the good thing too is they'll take a picture of, like your door, like as they deliver it, they'll mm-hmm. take a picture of it. We saw it with our with our confirmation. Mm-hmm. They don't play. Yeah. Um, this is a Zelda ass Zelda game. For yep. sure. Mm-hmm. 
And it's kind of scratching that itch. A lot of people complained about the pacing, you know, back to pacing again. The way that Zelda Breath of the Wild broke from normal Zelda conventions. Mm -hmm. This is a very true version of that. And I would say I'm enjoying this more than like Twilight Princess. It's got... I can see that, yeah. Uh, pacing aside from the beginning, that intro is long as hell. Yeah. You played that? It's or been gotten a, past it's that been part? It's been a while, yeah. Shit. They are telling you the backstory of Okami through this slow-ass... It's a. It's not even a video. It's like artwork in the background that's just cycling through, like shadow artwork. Mm-hmm. And the text is like typewriter text that you can't speed up. I think it was like 21 minutes when I clocked it. It took forever. Mm-hmm explaining the backstory of the sun god and all this kind of stuff but uh i'm loving the paintbrush mechanic the graphics are just gorgeous yeah and it seems like i'm sure this was a ps2 trick that they just ported that code over but you know when you get pop in on games and things like uh crazy taxi or grand theft auto 3 when you're driving and there's this especially that that era of game where there's mad pop in for these they weren't quite open world games yeah. but they had much larger maps than like your corridors of metal gear solid one or your your uh, N64, remember how it would use the fog to kind of disguise what was in the distance mm-hmm. and as it rendered. But the the art style in Okami, it seems like when you're running it wants to paint trees and all that in. With that art style, that beautiful watercolor, it like draws the, the assets yeah, in as you yeah. go. As you go through and the draw distance and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. It fits the aesthetic and mm-hmm. it's never jarring like, you know, driving down through Liberty City in GTA 3 and poof, you just have a skyscraper that just appeared out of nowhere. Or just like PUBG and the house appears in front of you. That still happens. You're yeah. right. PUBG's rendering all that shit. But uh, I really like Okami. The characters are super cool so far. Um, the combat is great. It's kind of like the wolf combat from Twilight Princess. It felt a little familiar, but I do like the finishing moves as you draw. You know, you pull out the brush and draw and cut them in half or whatever yeah. and, and get those. Um, I had forgotten about the... It, just in previews and stuff that I'd seen before, you have like a little uh, bug character that's on the top mm-hmm. of the wolf, and he's doing a lot of the interaction. Kind of like their kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, Okami is great. It's gorgeous on Switch too. Highly recommend. And if anybody has any questions about the importing stuff, uh, when you pop in a, a, a outside region game, if you load it with your region account, mm-hmm. you just get that version of it. So yeah. I'm playing long, the long is on that. That cartridge, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Just like when I downloaded the Hollow Knight off the Mexican eShop, I got it in English because mm-hmm. I booted it up with my English account and just it plays right. it plays like it should. Uh, Hollow Knight also we missed this in news. It's getting a physical edition. Who's this? Who was publishing that? Was uh, like a, Skybound. Skybound. It's the it's a arm of the Skybound Comics who published Walking Dead. Cool. They're getting into uh, game publishing, which I'm That's sure That's a hell of a one to start with. I'm sure. Something to do with uh, Walking Dead games probably later on in the future, but they're like, becoming a That'll be their, publisher. their yeah. powerhouse or whatever. I would imagine, yeah. They'll have their hand in it. So Hollow Knight's getting a physical edition, and it is actually on sale right now in the U.S. eShop for $9.90, I think. Like $9.89. It was something weird. So that's, that's a, a little freaking bit of, like, killer steal. or something random. It's, yeah. like, it's under 10 bucks either way. So. What a game. And I think you get the DLC for free. You do. That's I think that's why they're celebrating the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell off a of Hollow Knight because it got super every new area you get to, you have to find the guy who has the map. And then, unlike uh, Castlevania or a Metroid game, where it fills in parts of the map and stays with you, you have to purchase pins to almost like fill in your own map as you go. And that level of customization just... It didn't jive with me. I'm still going to jump back into it. I love that world and the music and atmosphere of Hollow Knight was, was like nothing else. That was my game of the year contender for a long time. 
But uh, that map stuff is just, it lost me because I'm, I'm going to get lost anyways. Yeah. So having to buy these pins and it, it just wasn't very intuitive, I thought. I would love, I, I think that's part of the charm of the game, so I don't think that's going to change. People do like that. But there's also that other half that's like me that's like, ah, you're losing me with this. Yeah, plus, I'm not going to be able to keep up with all this stuff. Plus, you got to be invested in that part. So you get, I mean, it seems like you, you know what you're getting for now. So yeah. To me, it's more or less tedium. But mm. some people love those deep dives like you were talking about with Fantasy Star, you know, being able to map out the grids and all mm. that. And people who played the first Metroid game who drew out their own maps on grid paper and stuff. Yeah. Fantasy Star was the same way with, uh, you got to keep track of the HP points and everything else. I mean, it's more of a... More of a Dungeons and Dragons type game. More of like then. a digital, but still pen and paper. Because mm. Final Fantasy was the same way. I think Dragon Dragon Quest One was the, same the early way too. Dragon yeah. Quest games. Yeah. Uh, the other game I'm playing is Final Fantasy X. I finally got through that Meehan High Road area. Mm-hmm. That took forever. Fucking time, man. It's it just, took forever. It's a fucking hallway. It's a long ass hallway, <laughs> and I had to fight that Chocobo Eater thing. Yeah. So the battle with the Chocobo Eater. One of my favorite things about the Final Fantasy X battle system is. Um, I've talked about the different ranges and swapping the the party members in and out. There are elemental aspects to certain battles. Like, they mix it up. It's not always, okay, I'm on a ship. I'm going to fight these things on the ship. Okay, I'm in the water. I'm going to fight water animals. There's elemental things that will be mixed into certain battles. Mm-hmm. So there was one when I was in the, the Blitzball area. What's the name of that main? I can't remember it. It's the it's the capital city of Spira, but it's where you do the Blitzball fight. Mm-hmm. But there's one area where the Albed have kidnapped Yuna, and there's like a crane off to the side of the map, or off the side of the battlefield. So they point that out in the beginning of the battle. And if you um, strike it with lightning, like Lulu's lightning attack, or anybody that has thunder, you can you can bring that crane to life and pick up the enemy, mm-hmm. and then you can it, it takes away its like I think that thing was ducking down or something, so it hides its or it exposes its weak point, and uh, I fought another battle like that where what was that thing? That's the chocobo eater. So with the battle with the chocobo eater, um, you could flip him on his back. So I was using. Waka's dark attack with the blitz ball so that he couldn't push me as hard. So what you're doing is you're trapped in between these two cliff sides and if you get pushed off by the chocobo eater, I think you have to go back through the road again. So I had read that somewhere and I was like, nope, that's not for me. I do not want to go back through that Meehan road again. So you can actually, if you're good enough, I guess I wasn't good enough, you can push the chocobo eater off the other side and get some key spheres. Mm. I'm playing this along with the guide and I think that's part of my enjoyment of the game is... I remember being younger and getting an RPG and having the guide with it. It was the same way. Yeah. Oh man, that that's a hell of an experience. And just look so, ahead and then play it. Look yeah, ahead and play it's it. it's not ruining it, but it's helping streamline the experience. And I'm not getting frustrated with okay, why can't I kill this thing if it is something it's, obscure? It's stuff that's still happening now. People can relate to that. And there's a lot of people I know that watch YouTube on certain games and know what's coming up ahead, and then they go back and play it. Right. Just keep it spoiler-free. It doesn't ruin the experience and story. Yeah, so. it's not at all. Because the good thing about this guide is there's, it's including no story. It's mm-hmm. just game tips and things like that. So this is here, this is there, or you can do this. Yep. Grab the Chocobo. So I beat the Chocobo Eater. I'm on the Chocobo now, and there's a lot of things to go back and retrace I'm not really enjoying that part with the Chocobo. That's where I stopped and switched back to Okami. Yeah. Because you are literally running over where you just went, but you're looking for Chocobo feathers. And then once you click on that, Titus jumps up on the Chocobo to like this previously unobtainable mm-hmm. area. And then uh, I'll be continuing the story from there. But Final Fantasy X continues to be good. I, can, I honestly think that may be the best turn-based battle system of a game I've played. Mm-hmm. I love it. I don't... I love swapping characters in and out and being able to... Because uh, I... 
I start off with Titus and I cast Haste on Lulu yeah. or somebody to start doing magic or Yuna, depending on who needs what type of magic. It's a lot of fun. The sphere grid is great. I feel like the pacing with the sphere grid is perfect. I think I think that might be, like you said, that might be the last one they did that was turn-based that you can use your whole team in. Why won't they go back to a good turn-based system like that? Because 12 was different. You can only do one at a time, and then but you can control it with gambits. 12, you didn't really control the other people, except for the gambit system. Yeah, but that Some gambit people system dove was, into that customization. That gambit system is fucking deep. Yeah. It's, you can tell them to, like, don't do this if, unless it's less than 10. Or, I mean, it go, it's fucking deep. There's a lot of if and then, yeah, if and then you, that. You customize that battle. Right, it's like coding a battle yeah. system as it, you go. It's like in the middle where you can kind of um, get your whole party involved with that and you have play with your whole party. So 10 continues to be good. Played a little Mario Tennis Aces. I finally figured out. I can't remember if I spoke about this last week or not because I didn't play a lot of Tennis Aces. I was doing the story mode, I think, last time. But I found out where to change the custom games. People have complained that if you play just against the computer, that it's like, it's not tennis. It's not love, 15, mm-hmm. 30, 40. You're not 45. You're not doing that thing. Um, I found out where you can go in because the, the normal game against the computer doesn't default to tennis rules which is totally fucking bizarre to me why would you not make it a tennis game it's like a first to seven point Mm -hmm. thing so i found out where to go in and change that and make it the tennis rules and i played a couple of just rounds against the computer um you can also turn off the special shots with the stars and all that kind of stuff and just have a pure tennis game so that is in there it's not they don't make it easy to find i guess you have to kind of customize that that mode a little bit but there's a there is a pure tennis game in there to play you can turn off the super shots and the the trick was the trick shots that I can never figure out how to do. Like you try to angle the stick towards a star and a guy does a yeah. You gotta kind of like shit, like hit the right stick over to the location and then I never figured right that time. out. It's, it's, I never figured that out in the test fire thing do, they did. Yeah, yeah. I need a mode to just practice that. Um, and that's it. Russell and I got in a couple rounds of PUBG. We came in sixth place last night and then like a fortieth place. We were out super early. We got ambushed. You know one of those towns that we try to steer clear of? Like, we always fucking die in there. This time, we're like, we don't see any doors open. We pulled up to the side of the building. We were dead within five seconds. Mm-hmm. We were just totally gunned Somebody's down. Somebody's waiting in yep. there, right? Yep. So that's all the games I played. Um, we did not play any Halo. Halo is our game club game. We got to make some time to get on Halo 3. We at least need to finish Halo 3. If we can have knocked out 1, 2, ODST, and 3... I'm good with August. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do it tomorrow night. Got anything going on tomorrow mm-hmm. night? Maybe we can get Russell in tomorrow night and knock out Halo 3. Sounds good to me. I'm not pushing for 4 and 5, but, I mean, if we work no, those in eventually. No, 4 all left is on that collection, so, I mean, if we can get 4 in there, that'd be bonus. You and I are both on 5. I think I have 3 copies of 5. Mm-hmm. I know you have at least the digital copy that came with our Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell's got it through Game Pass, so we don't have to loan him a copy of that. Mm-hmm. So we can see how that goes. And then uh, do we know what game club game we want to do for September? October, we know we want to do a horror game, so that's what we're kicking around. September is going to be a tough September's one. September tough because there's all these heavy hitters coming out. It might be one of those months where we, we take a break. We just did that in June, I feel like. We kind of did it in August because Michael's not playing game club. We'll kick it around. We may have something uh, that we come up with for next episode. So y'all let us know if there's hey if there's a game that you want us to, all to play through and give us your thoughts on it. Shoot it to us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, no podcast. We're also under the same thing on Instagram. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, anywhere any of the major podcast providers. We're also no podcast under there. We tend to post 
Well, we've been doing it like Saturdays and Sundays here recently, but anytime during the weekend or, or Monday at the absolute latest, you'll you'll see the new episode up, and we're weekly. So, uh, if there's if you have a suggestion for September's game, there's something you want us to play through, let us know. Maybe uh, NCAA football fourteen. That's the hard to find one, isn't it? <laughs> it's the last one. It's super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> NCAA fourteen. Who's on the cover of that one? That one, the Tebow one. Oh God, no! What was that twelve? I think. I don't think it was RG3 either. I can't remember who was on 14. Listeners, let us know who was on the cover of NCAA Football 2014. Send it to Russell. Nofodcast at gmail.com for all your questions, anything you want us to read on air. And hopefully we just, we stalled our GameCube list another week because Michael and Russell aren't here, and I know they want to contribute to the GameCube list. So oh, next shoot. week should be everybody, and we can look forward to a GameCube list. Who played in Michigan? Was it, uh, was it like a new Michigan player? No clue. I'm lost on that one. Mm-mm. I don't know either. Send your corrections to Russell. Yep. Nofodcast at gmail.com. Correction keen. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for bearing with both of us for another week. The back-to-back Richard and uh, Cesar no podcast. Yeah, we lacked a little energy on this one, though, right? Oh, I think we I think we pulled through. I had more energy than last week. I yeah. think I struggled last week. So hopefully next week will be all four of us again. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you. Adios. Adios.